Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles, right here on Tojanet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and Yon. With me from the UK is Mr. Parascience himself, Steve Parsons. Good That's afternoon, it. Ron. Good afternoon. I'm surprised you're uh, you're even able to speak. It's been such a busy week for you. It has been a very busy week, actually, but uh, that's part of the season anyway, so I'm sure it's the same for you out there in the uh, UK as well. Uh, well, Halloween is a busy season, but uh, it seems to be nice and quiet for me this year. Um, so I'm just catching up on a lot of work that's been held over. So, uh, you're the busy one. Okay, there you go. So anyways, um, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming over this year and uh, bringing me all those little gifts, and I've used them uh, quite a bit. Used the the, uh, glasses as well as the jawbone uh, for a spectral evidence last Saturday, which went extremely well, by the way. Yeah, we're gone. Are you going to reveal all, or is it still a secret? No, it was uh, the uh, spectral evidence was really good. I mean, it's it's a Hawthorne hotel. There's a lot of people there, and you have a lot of people that are just skeptical and everything else. And uh, we did a lot of cool, really cool stuff. And then uh, at the end of the night, uh, we decided to go into EVPs a lot. So, and? Uh, <laughs> speed, uh, so it, it's really interesting because. We got some great results. Uh, Leslie Martin actually uh, spoken to the recorder. Is there anyone here? Uh, are you male? And are you here for anyone? And we do it on Vox so that you don't have to listen to forever stuff on it, you know. So uh, each one came off, uh, you know, is there anyone here? Yes. Are you a male spirit? Yes. Are you here for anyone? Yes! <laughs> Is it screams? Everybody jumped. And I've got so many email, emails from people saying, you know, I didn't believe in anything, but after that, I definitely believe. So that's my little story. That sounds intriguing, but do you know, if, if there was a psychologist listening to your account of that, you don't sound blown away uh, yeah, you don't. You, well, you sound it's like not. it's just ev- everyday sort of stuff going on. It is, it is everyday sort of stuff. You've been doing it as long as I have. And speaking about people who have done things for such a long time, we have a great guest on the line who is Mary Lee Tetravi. Oh, God, I butchered her name. Tetravi. All right. Should, Mary Lee Tetravi. Help me out here. Could it be, could it be Tretanero? <laughs> Very good. And Mary Lee is the Boston Intuitive, and she also does the uh, Charlestown Spirits Ghost Project, or the Spirits of Charlestown Ghost Project. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So welcome aboard. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, thanks for joining us. And uh, it's so funny because so pe- so many people were startled by the voices that we, we heard on the recorder. But to you, uh, as a medium and intuitive, I mean, th- that's everyday stuff for you too, isn't it? It is. And, um, you know, in some of the investigations that we've done here in Charlestown, we we have some really fun EVPs from, like, the basement of a a working theater that used to be a fire station, and yeah. they were playing around with the plop, the props in the basement, and um, there was an old wheelchair there, like 19th century, and one of the investigators was just, you know, playing and um, was said something to the um, into the recorder, and when they listened to the EVP later, you could clearly hear "sit in the chair." Really? Yeah. So we've had a lot of fun with that. I would imagine. And uh, before I forget, do you have to? Yes, because... (laughs) Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. Go ahead. Be that way. Because I was fortunate enough to come over there recently, I do know where Charlestown is, and I know the historical context of Charlestown. Um, But, Mary Lee, for the benefit of our UK listeners, uh, of which there are two, um, would you like to explain (laughs) this uh, more or less less whereabouts and why Charlestown is so so significant in American history? Just to give you some context. Thank you. Yeah, there's a couple of reasons. Um, One is... Uh, when Governor John Winthrop with the Massachusetts Bay Colony came over to the United States, he first um, went to Salem, and then he came down here to Charlestown. And they would have settled in Charlestown, except the water was brackish, so it was not drinkable, and it was also infested with mosquitoes. So a bunch of them, including him, moved over into Boston and settled over there. But we can claim that at least for, you know, the first four to six months he was here. And so, um, let's see, the other thing is, it's kind of like slipping my, my, oh, this is where the American Revolution, it's like the first major battle of the American Revolution. And so the entire town of Charlestown, which is like right adjacent, it's right across the harbor from Boston. We were, the entire town was burnt to the ground. And so, you know, the significance for it, you know, being sort of a haven for ghosts and residual energy and so on, um, it's, it's pretty s- steep here. But, um, yeah, this is the first major battle of the American Revolution was here. It's, so, I mean, first of all, before I forget, um, can you give out your website, which I believe is bostonintuitive.com? Yes, bostonintuitive.com and then spiritsofcharlestown.com. There you go. So, I mean, as an intuitive, and, and you also do counseling and so forth, right, as, as yes. an intuitive? Yes. How do you make the leap from, you know, that path to ghost tours? Well, so I... I have probably, as long as I can remember, um, collected ghost books, you know, like from different, you know, towns that I was in. I would always kind of make it my business to go to the 
bookstore and, you know, find their ghost book. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know why, you know, I had that interest in it, but, um, when I, I was on a tour with, um, court TV for their psychic detective show. And over the, that summer I was in 10 different cities and we were reading a lot. It was like a marketing, um, it was a marketing focus. And so I would do 200 to 300, like really little mini readings every weekend, you know, at festivals and fairs. And I think that summer that I did so many readings that something opened in me and I finally pursued ghosts on my own. So that, let's see, I don't think, it wasn't that summer, it was the following summer that I started doing my ghost research. And so I've been doing that research now for about um, seven years here in Charlestown. And so Describe yourself as you intuitive, but mm-hmm. how does that, I mean, that, that's a, a title that we don't often hear over here in the UK, uh, psychic, medium, sensitive. We're quite familiar with those terms. Intuitive, um, is that some sort of combination or is that just a, a, a word that you prefer to describe your, your abilities? Well, intuitive, I think, is a, a, is a category all by itself. And certainly a lot of what I do is psychic, but I, I'm reading the energy of some, you know, the person that's, a, uh, that's come to see me. I tend to think of uh, being intuitive as working with images, and it, it's, more, it's more psychological or it's more counseling. Um, so it's not as much, you know, well, it's certainly not, you know, like predicting the future or saying you're going to have a blue car or you have a blue car or, you know, a lot of those things that are, are real, um, I don't know what, psychic is, is a little different than intuitive. But, um, yeah, I, I just use it for counseling with people. And, you know, in, in the midst of all of that, there will be some predictions that come up. But, you know, I also work with spirit guides. So somehow when people come to see me, it's like guidance about what's, you know, the, the optimum path for them. So the blurb on my website is when you've come to a crossroads in life and you need to make late major life decisions, I can give you further insights that would be helpful in making those decisions. So, um, so, so that's how I work. And th- there's intuitives are work with a lot of professional people. And uh, so I think it maybe it's a little bit like the crossover term because some people don't like psychics, but they might stick their toe in the water if they hear, you know, that someone's intuitive. You know, it's funny you say that, Mary Lee, because uh, Spooky Palooza in uh, the chat room just said, uh, is it just me or does psychic infer quack or con artist? And and I think that it really does in a lot of cases that that association, you know, people who don't believe kind of have that, uh, stigmata on them, or what? Yeah, stigmata. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean. But uh, yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I. What I think, you know, in terms of psychic and you know, like con artists and things like that, I don't believe in a fixed future. So I, where I have difficulty with um, psychic, just pure psychic readings, is that 
you know, I think you create your own future, you know, it's free will, and the future is dynamic and always changing. So um, if somebody comes in for a, a psychic reading, that's how things are going to play out if you don't make any other decisions. And um, so the other thing is in terms of charlatans, you know, like in any profession, I think, feel like there's, you know, the good and the bad. You know, there's good people yeah, and there's people that are unethical. So I, I actually, I love a psychic reading, you know, if, if it comes from a, you know, a good ethical person. Um, so that's how I, I, people do kind of tend to think of psychics as fortune tellers. Right. And, and I think that's Just, how uh, you, Steve perceives them. Yeah. Well... Uh, I was also just going to clarify whether Mary Lee also has an ability that mediums claim, which is to communicate with deceased or, or passed on spirits. Uh, yes, I do. And on Monday nights, I run uh, spirit message circles. So, uh, my, so my primary gift is, or my primary um, skill is the intuitive readings. Um, the uh, mediumship, I've actually had training with that probably for as long as I've been an intuitive, but it's never been my primary skill. Now it's becoming much more of a focus because I'm doing this ghost project, and I just feel really compelled. You know, it just seems like mediumship and, you know, doing the project that I'm working on, those two things go really well hand in hand, and... I've come across spirits, you know, and spirits are intelligent. And so the more I develop my mediumship, the better, you know, the better I think I get at my project. You've mentioned sense, your actually. project several times there. I think, would you uh, care to bring us up to speed on the actual project itself? Sure. So um, I started this um, again, you know, back in 2005, and I was just really compelled to go to one of the parks here in Charlestown. So my premise was that if I can read people, which I've been doing for, I guess, I guess 15 years by that time, um, if I can read people, I can read their energy, maybe I can go to land and I can sit there and I can read land. I, you know, I had read, I, I have done some remote viewing, remote viewing exercises. I have gone to a couple of the conferences. So I know that that wasn't far-fetched. So what I did is I went to actually where Governor John Winthrop's house was. Um, this was excavated in the 70s when they did the big dig. And so now that park, you, we have the foundation stones of his original house. So I sat in the middle of the foundation stones at, with my tape recorder, and I just sort of started tuning in like I would if I was doing a reading. And I didn't have any expectation. You know, I just, uh, I, I, I could have just as well, you know, if nothing had happened, just gone home and forgot about it. But when I started uh, doing the recording, I started hearing the voices of slave girls. So then I had a whole dialogue with, you know, what it was like back during those times and, 
you know, what they're, how they were treated. And, and so it kind of evolved from there. So I started with that. Um, I, what I would do is I would go to maybe about 10 different sites here. The USS Constitution is also parked here. And um, so I would go to a site um, three times, and and also I did not do any research ahead of time for each of these sites. So I would go to a site three times, I would do my recording, and then I I would consider it closed, and then I would go home and research, you know, all the information I got. And you know what? It was so startlingly accurate that... You know, I have just kept at it. So I also have been involved with uh, the city of Boston's archaeology uh, archaeologist, and he allowed me to come into his or come into the archives, and he put out some objects for me and didn't tell me where they were from. And so I did a psychometry experiment. It seems to me that it's a very similar kind of thing. Uh, as you know, sitting there in the foundation stones, and and so um, I would get impressions, you know, out of like holding a wine bottle, or I had a cannonball, and it was visuals of going back in time to um, around the time of the American Revolution. So after reading those uh, or holding those objects, he came in and he said all of the things that I was holding. Um, were from prior to 1775 when just when they they burnt Charlestown to the ground. So, um, so I'm trying to think what else I've done. We and so in layered in all of those things, then I also um, brought a crew in to do paranormal investigations. So we've done we've only done four buildings here. We're getting ready to do another one, and so that's another layer to the whole thing. And uh, it's it's evolving. The uh, the interesting thing is is uh, right now I'm really really uh, intrigued with uh, psychometry and in uh, doing a lot of work. Uh, the thing I find interesting is that some people when they get an object, for instance, like a cannonball, and their their minds almost become logical. In, in fact, that that they they know it's a cannonball, so they come up with things that almost would fit anyways. But, I mean, it's to me, it's the more interesting stuff that doesn't really uh, pertain to the object itself as a cannonball. Otherwise, they come up with the backstory, as I like to call it. Those are the ones I'm more intrigued with than, you know, like the most obvious things that would happen. And those are the ones you really can't really verify, but I find them uh, far more intriguing than the, the obvious uh, ones that, that people's minds will just uh, tend to uh, hone in. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with you with that because in in a way that's kind of like contamination. You right. know, contamination is like if one person tells another person some information about that object, then you would consider, you know, whatever that person was feeling might be contaminated by what the other person said. So I, I totally agree about that. Right. So the, the thing I wanted to, I, I guess, kind of, uh, when you go to these places, uh, as your mediumistic uh, abilities kick in, 
and I assume you communicate with any spirits that are there. Are they are they all old spirits? Are they all like of the revolutionary era, or, or do you find you you have a mix of uh, you know modern spirits with it as well? I think because I, I, there is not a modern mix. It's all like um, anywhere from the mid 1600s to the mid 1800s. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think it is is because I think that's been my sort of intent uh, that this be a historical project. But I also have to say, you know, Charlestown is quite the um, what is it? It was pretty dangerous to live here, you know, like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it, it's a very beautiful community now. It's very safe, but you know, it has you know it, it's been a ghetto before. It's been um, you know we've had the Irish mafia here. We had a lot of unsolved murders, and I know that I have been very conscious of not wanting to be, you know, known for you know knowing maybe things that are going on today. So I think that's why I kind of concentrated earlier. However, in terms of the spirits, um, they, they actually, you know, I, I've had men in a bowler hat, you know, come through. I've had, you know, uh, uh, someone in like bucks, an Indian in buckskin come through. So it's really, you know, I have a woman from England in the 1700s who came through. So, um, so there's quite a bit of, you know, just that time range that I, you know, spoke of. But, you know, Ron, the thing is there's a lot of residual energy. And the, the interesting part to me is the di- how do you tell the difference? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. How yeah. do you tell the difference? That's, yeah. that's a good question. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it's so nuanced that... Um, that's that's what intrigues me so much about you know the whole thing. I mean, it, it intrigues me in general, but you know that trying to figure out which is it. Well, wouldn't the residual energy be more? Uh, it, I mean, it wouldn't be more interactive. Uh, would it? I mean, the, the intelligent energy would be interactive, where residual would be more just mm-hmm. there. Well, even even so, um, I'll pose this to you. Uh, yes, I know that part. And mm-hmm. but the slave girls, you know, talking with the slave girls. Maybe I was listening into their conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I ever dialogued with them, but they they seemed very real to me. And also, why of all of the things that I could have picked up at that site, would I pick up slaves? That's true. I mean, but it must have been uh, if. We talk about this so often on so many of my shows, and, and I know that Steve's gone quiet here because I have no clue. But anyway. Because he's listening. Purely and simply because Steve is listening. I'm not used to, I'm not used to him being so quiet, but uh, we talk about this so much, so much in so many shows, uh, is that communication with the spirit seems almost on a vibrational level where, you, you know, certain... Certain uh, mediums or certain intuitives will be able to hone in on a certain frequency and see with work with certain spirits. While another ones might be in the same room, but yet speaking to a different spirit that the other one is not picking up on. It's it, it's mm-hmm. it's almost like a vibrational, uh, you know, tuning in like a, a radio station. Basically, you tune into that station. Yes. 
Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> but actually, we also have one question for you. Well, isn't that also a key problem um, when we're dealing with uh, the testimony of people who are sensitive? Because we do get this large disparity. We do get two people um, coming up with completely different information. And that makes it you know, incredibly right. difficult mm-hmm. to verify the information, doesn't it? And also, of course, it, no, it, really it, doesn't. Wide, it, does, it also leaves it wide open, to, of course, to claims of, oh, they're making it up. Now... I, that's that's it, it doesn't make it, it wait a minute wait a minute wait, well, wait, it, wait, wait, wait let's go back to the statement you just said it makes if, incredibly if, well, to verify you can verify it either you verify you can also verify you can't verify yeah, if you let Go me ahead. finish, what I was going to say is when parapsychologists and others seek to test, test the claims of mediums, the only thing that uh-huh. they can rely on when dealing with these testimonies is, of course, the, the account of the medium, the account of the senses of themselves. Uh-huh. And regardless of whether they are, in fact, picking up on two entirely separate frequencies, two entirely separate entities, uh-huh. um, or, or, or simply making it up, the problem lies with, and the accusations will always be will will always be dragged up that because of this disparity, and this disparity goes back you know right to the start of spiritualism. Um, we've often had you know numerous books written uh, describing the afterlife, uh, supposedly dictated by spirit, and again they are radically uh-huh. different in their accounts. Well, I, I mean, I know why there would be, you know, the the wide disparity in accounts is that I think they believe that, you know, the other side is very similar in that, you know, we all live very different kinds of lives here on Earth. We have different experiences as humans. So on the other side, you might equally, you know, I mean, that's one theory. Right. But uh, I'd like to interject something about the um, uh, people coming up, uh, psychics or mediums coming up with different impressions on the same, on the same, uh, same object or same spirit. Um, in remote viewing, I, in a class that I took, we did this meditative exercise, and this woman, the, the teacher, took us to a location, and she asked us all to tune in, and then she asked us all, you know, to to draw, you know, what it was. So at the end of the um, of the exercise, she collects all the papers, and what the one person, you know, they were very, very different descriptions, and what she had us tune into was a whale, and what she said, the, the differences, the reason we had differences is that somebody would come in and sort of land on the eye, and then so that was where their perspective was. Another person might come into the, you know, the, this thing they were tuning into and landed on the tail. So, you know, she, she accepted a lot of what right. people were saying. They were all, you know, like different Angle. Well, we're going to actually have to hold that thought, Mary Lee, because it's now time for a break. You'll listen to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojanet PowerX Ghost Channel Beyond. Our special guest is Mary Lee, and we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tojanet, radio with a cutting edge. 
everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Massachusetts honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poirier, and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests to step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future then circles of wisdom is just the place for you circles of wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more located on route 28 in downtown andover massachusetts we carry a large selection of books and music crystals and gemstones jewelry and gifts sage aromatherapy and so much more all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere we offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so we are, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anne and Ron. See you then. Good evening. You're listening to Harry Price. Well, actually, you're not. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International on 
Toggynet, Parax, the Coast Channel and beyond. With the ageing but very lovely Van Helsing, who's very tired over in New England. And over here in the land of the Welsh Dragon, it's me, Mr. Parascience, Steve Parsons. And our special guest tonight, intuitive Mary Lee Tretinero, from the ancient and historic town of Charlestown, Massachusetts. Is that all correct, Ron? <laughs> yeah. Yes, you pass. So, Dang. Mary Lee, have you always, have you always uh, lived in Charlestown? Uh, no, I'm from Chica- the Chicago area. I drew oh, wow, up. that's a big difference. Yeah, I grew been up there, in the Midwest, and I've been here 25 years. I've lived in the same home 25 years. Oh, God bless you. That's, mm-hmm. So you've been living here since you were three then, huh? Yes, yes. <laughs> now, my Ooh, my, my former life, I was in the hotel business, so I got transferred from Chicago to New York, and then I ended up here, and I stayed here. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's, it's well, let's talk a little bit. I mean, Steve, this is questions you actually should be asking, because you were always intrigued about New England versus uh, Old England, and the energies and so forth. I mean, are they different? Uh, for instance, in Charlestown, it's very old. It's older than Chicago, actually. So would you, Mary Lee, is, is the energy different there than it is in Chicago? You know, I, I, I can't say because I've been gone. Even though I go back and visit, it's usually always a pleasure trip. So I haven't really done any work out there. But it's, that's, pretty, uh, that's a good question. The next time I go, I'll, I'll pay attention to that. Attention to cool. That. Cool. You'll have to. You'll have to let us know. I will. I will. So, I mean, so the, the interesting thing, you said that Chomp 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 said that Dig, dug 
out of it was part of an old school, and I was holding it in my hand, and I got this impression, this impression of this and and he was wearing a bowler hat, and he had on sort of a business, more of a business like casual, you know, casual clothes. And so I so I was very well aware that I was seeing what he was wearing. Okay. Uh, evidently, we have some type of an echo on the thing. I'm trying to play that up now. But uh, Steve, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. It's just incredibly difficult to hear everything at the moment. Um, so you're going to have to bear with me. I'm just trying to get it sorted out here as well. If you heard anything I said. All right, so... Uh, yeah, we did. Of course we did. Uh, anyways, um, Mary Lee, what do you have uh, coming up uh, this uh, next few weeks, of course, as we approach Halloween? Well, I am going to be speaking on on Thursday at the Charlestown Public Library, and it's actually the rollout. Uh, the first time I'll really be speaking about this project, and then I will be, I will be uh, speaking at the Charlestown Historical Society on the following Tuesday. Um, um, and then, let's see, I have, I'm doing ghost tours on Saturday, two on Saturday, two on Wednesday, and then two on Day of the Dead. So, so um, then I have a, I don't think I have my spirit message circle that week. And then I'll be doing readings at Olivia Browning, and those are just, you know, special 15-minute readings just to kind of get a little taste of them. Now, let's talk a little bit about your... your um... Your ghost tours. I mean, what are those like? First of all, where can people get tickets, uh, and, and and what do they encompass? So uh, you can get it by uh, going to the website, and it's again spiritsofcharlestown.com. If you go all the way to the uh, the top menu, it says more options, and then it gives you the option of buying tickets online. That's probably the best way to to get a ticket. You can also just show up. Either one is fine. But you get a $5 discount if you buy it on t online. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the, what I do is I, my tour is pretty much along the Freedom Trail. So we start at City Square Park, which is where the Governor John Winthrop house is. Then we go to John Harvard Mall. And uh, then we go to the training field, which is the... Uh, where they did that dig recently. Then we go up to Bunker Hill Monument, and then we cap off the night at the Warren Tavern. And so it's it's a lot of history, and it, you know it, it seems like when people come on the tour, they're either history buffs or they're ghost buffs. And so you know, like I I sort of play to the audience. You know, if they want more ghost stuff, I talk to them about you know the spirits that I've encountered. If they want more history, then I, you know, I'm glad to go into the historical side of it. But, you know, just like I got the slave girls at the, um, it was, it w Governor John Winthrop's house, excuse me, became a tavern and it was an operating tavern for 140 years. And it actually, it was a gathering place, very significant um, gathering place, you know, building up to the American Revolution. Um, but just like in that place, I got the sled girls. When I went to John Harvard Mall, I got it as being a medical staging area. And 
so then there's a whole bunch of, you know, like really fun, interesting stuff that came out of, you know, imagining that as a medical staging area. And I went to a couple of the um, town historians who thought it was conceivable that that would have been a, a medical staging area because they turned a lot of, you know, like churches and people's homes into medical units because there was only two hospitals back then. So, um, so the tour is just kind of filled with, you know, information like that. And, um, you know, we kind of just traipse along the, the Freedom Trail. You know, it's funny because we do these uh, ghost uh, tours, uh, haunted tours up at uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, at the uh, Portsmouth Lighthouse in Fort Constellation, and we always talk about uh, the Battle of, uh, it was never really a battle, but the uh, Fort Constellation was the first overt skirmish of the Revolutionary War, and that's when uh, uh, about 400 revolutionaries went in there and uh, overcame the four British that were um, protecting it. We actually let them shoot their guns so they wouldn't go without a fight. And we took all the ammunition and everything. It was actually used in the Battle of Bunker Hill. Uh, mm. So we have a link with Charleston, believe it or not, uh, from our own tours and your tours. That's great. Mm. I, I, we have a, a link with Lexington, too. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I like that. Sort of, the, sort of branching out and being connected. Mm-hmm. Well, Mary Lee, we actually have to uh, play a, uh, a piece right now with, of Beyond Bizarre. So I think well, before we do that, we're going to say goodbye to you for now. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Be- um, no, I think I think we've talked about everything. Um, uh, once again, give out your websites. Yeah, um, it's uh, bostonintuitive.com and spiritsofcharlestown.com. And my phone number is uh, 617-242-4682 if you want to talk to me uh, individually. And um, I thank you so much for having me on your show, Ron. Oh, Mary Lee, thank, thank you very much for you know making yourself available for us. Uh, it's, it's an interesting project you have on. I, I was actually... I mm-hmm. had lunch with you down there, and I, I was wondering what was happening with that, so I, I'm really glad that I was able to, you know, get updated with it. So yeah. that, that's really great. Oh, good, good. All righty. Well, so thank, thank you, Mary Lee. Okay, have a happy Halloween. And you apologize, too. <laughs> and apologies from me here in the UK. I've been struggling with the Skype problem tonight, so uh, I haven't been as chatty as usual up to this point. But I think we've, between me and Togginet, we've, we, I think we've got it on top of it now. There you go. Well, thank you, Mary Lee. You have a great night. Okay. Thanks. Bye. -bye. Bye. Well, that was pretty cool. And so now we're going to play another episode uh, of Beyond Bizarre from my favorite girl, Viola Ventura. The Haunting of Flight 401. Between 1973 and 1974, on board numerous Eastern Airlines L-1011 jets, passengers and crew reported seeing, hearing, and even speaking to apparitions of Captain Bob Loft and Second Officer Don Repo. The ghostly crew members were both victims of the crash of Eastern Airlines Flight 401, which had gone down into the Florida Everglades on December 29, 1972. 
Passengers on separate flights correctly identified the deceased crew members. Flight engineers, pilots, and flight attendants all verified similar encounters with the ghosts of Loft and Repo. The crash and the reported sightings became the subject for The Ghosts of Flight 401, a book written by John G. Fuller in 1983. Freaky Fact from Barla Ventura's Beyond Bazaar. A book that I know very well, and uh, Fuller was also the author of another excellent book, um, The Ermine Who Wouldn't Die, which talks about uh, one of the most bizarre and unusual set of seances um, involving the airship, the R101, the British airship, which crashed before the Second World War. Harry Price, and possibly the world's greatest psychic medium, Eileen Garrett. So, yeah. Well, you're going to talk a little bit about it since you brought it up. <laughs> well, we've, we've, done the, we've done the R101 before, um, but we haven't yet. Oh, that's right. Really... We have, yes. We have. So, you know, it's not my yes, fault right, that you've got right. a, a rubbish memory, um, as I'm sure you know, many of our listeners are subject to the same thing over and over, just because you can't remember that we've done it. Um, All right, thank John, you very much. John I appreciate Fuller did, that. <laughs> did write an excellent book, um, the second book, which was uh, another of, of his paranormal books, um, which dealt with Flight 401, which was a Lockheed L-1011 TriStar, uh, which crashed, I think it was in the Florida Everglades. I'm, I'm working from memory, although I do have the book relatively nearby. Um, the upshot of it was... I just that, look that, up most of the day because... You could just I want look to up look those today ghosts of the day, but I want to, you know, I'm demonstrating my... There's my, a whole um, uh, section right there on the, on that as well, so, you know, go yeah. ahead. Uh, he, he did, he, uh, the, the spirit of the, pa- of the captain did actually apparently make a promise that nobody would die or be killed as a result of an L-1011 crash. Um, now, to the best of my knowledge, and I stand to be corrected... Nobody ever has. There have been L-1011 crashes subsequently to the 401 incident, um, but mm-hmm. that to date, I don't think anybody's been killed in an L-1011 TriStar crash. In, in my research, I found out that he appeared on uh, uh, sister planes where they actually used parts from the crashed airliner in them. That's that's the bit that I I find difficult to to go with because um, I've I've you know you know I have I have an interest in aviation and I, I would be very yeah. suspicious of any uh, aircraft or, or airline that was reusing any part from a crashed aircraft um, mm-hmm. from, from and whether the NTSB or the British Civil Aviation Authority would actually permit that or whether we're dealing with just a, a mythology. Now, what's interesting is the L-1011 incident uh, and the subsequent sister aircraft uh, hauntings are not unique. Uh, There are a number of incidents where airliners are apparently haunted. Uh, I know of one. Absolutely. uh, I know one within within the British Airways fleet, um, one of the 747s in the fleet. And there are, you know, there are numerous other incidents 
um, involving... You're right. Also in my book, Ghost Today, I, I wrote about a Korean airliner <laughs> that was supposed to have been haunted, too. Yeah, so I, yeah. ghosts in aviation, there is, does seem to be a long... A, a long uh, an, association between ghosts and flight. Uh, there have been numerous books written about haunted airfields, haunted aircraft. Over here in the UK, we have um, regularly uh, and often reports of ghostly aeroplanes and ghostly aviators, uh, both flying aircraft and also aircraft on the ground. Ghost airfields. The, the interesting uh, thing, also. The, the, the ghostly aircrafts, though, do you think those are more of a time slip than a a really ghostly. Do you know, I if I knew the answer to that, um, I'd be incredibly well. I'm just asking. I'm not asking I, for proof or I, anything. I, I, I'm just I can't, your own opinion. I. Do you know? I can't help. You do but have feeling, opinions, don't you, Steve? Or, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't help feeling okay, that if okay. there is an explanation, if there is an explanation, mm-hmm. then the most right. likely plausible explanation is one of a time slip because a, a lump of right. aluminium and rivets is not going to have a conscious memory and mm-hmm. okay the crew Unless will we have, have the lunum tape theory maybe we have the well, lunum tape theory well maybe but um, <laughs> maybe I don't know <laughs> the laws of physics Carry on. Don't, the law of physics doesn't you know they, Einstein did suggest that time travel might be possible um, the laws of mm-hmm. physics kind of permit time travel um, and time slippage. I know it's something that within parasites we've examined in Liverpool, um, and there have been numerous reports from around the world of time slip events. So to my rational way of thinking, if I was going to find a, a, an explanation for it, then that would be in the area I would seek you know, uh, answers. That that would be my first port of call to look for an explanation. Well, I mean, you you must have opinions. Do you do you not have opinions? That was, or, or does, just, that was uh, my you, opinion. You just drift through life, not making up your mind. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not <laughs> sure <laughs> how you roll. That, that was my. That we should do by now. That was my opinion. My opinion is that we. <laughs> If I was going to look for something, I would suggest that it was going to be in the area of a time slippage because that seems logical. Okay. Um, it seems right. more logical than... But then a skept- the sceptics would argue that it's all illogical rubbish and that clearly aeroplanes... I don't really care about what the skeptical say. I and, mean, if I ask somebody's opinion, I, I expect their opinion, not what somebody I else's. Do. And I'm sure it... Hopefully you're not influenced by other people, uh, are you? I think we have to be influenced by other people because my uh, a lot of the investigation methods that we involve evolve dealing mm-hmm. with other people's p- points of view. For example, if I seek to you know look for an answer to a sound anomaly or a photographic anomaly, um, then we have to take into consideration all of the different perspectives in order w- when we're designing an experiment to try and satisfy as many people as possible. Um, so yeah, we do have to take people's opinions on board. Okay. Well, it's okay. It it, it is good to have, but I mean, how can I say this? It's just their opinions, just as well as your opinions. Just because they perhaps 
do not believe in ghosts and everything else, and so that's the opinion you're going to get from them. So do you accept that opinion as what? It is just opinion. That's their no, opinion. It's no. not fact. It's not no, anything but if else. People, if, if people believe that the dead can come back and talk to people via the flashing lights on the meter, mm-hmm. that's their opinion, that's their belief, and they are entitled to it. If I, if I right. am seeking to design an experiment that is going to undermine their belief or put forward a, con- a contrary point of view to their belief, then I have to take their, their perspective on board as well and consider an experiment that satisfies their point of view. See, I don't, I don't look at it. You look at it as like if you're defining an experiment to go contradictory. I, I, if I design an experiment, I design an experiment to, to find out if there is any evidence, if anything is evidentiary with it, and, and that I'm not trying to disprove something. I'm not trying to prove something. I design an experiment right. that will either have some type of evidentiary result or, or it's, not. Uh, so, but it's got to have it's got to have evidential value to every, to as a broader uh, point of view as possible. Now, if I if I were to simply leave it at orbs of dust, and we all know they are because the camera makers say so, then there's still an awful lot of people will go, yeah, well, that might be the case, but I know differently. What you need to do is to look at why do they believe that their that their orbs are paranormal? Why do they believe that their photographic anomalies are paranormal? Why do they believe that they can talk to the flashing lights on a meter? And seek to build that into now the you, experiment. Now you're looking also, at you're not, you're point not, of view. You're not, no, you're not. De- you're not debunking anything, and you're not dis- setting out to disprove or prove anything. But you're what looking you're at it from a psychological point of view. No, I'm just design. No, it's it's from a scientific point of view. I'm just designing an experiment. I thought science, that, scientific point of view was a method, not a not a, an opinion, or not a. Th- so that's the correct. Yeah. So I was designing it from a scientific point of view. So it's using scientific methodology where you ask a question or make an observation, design an experiment, mm-hmm. test a, test a, test that hypothesis. Uh, see, look at the results. Maybe go back and redefine, uh, redefine the question, redesign the experiment, and keep running round the the hamster wheel until you come to uh, a set of results. A conclusion. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, so in order anyway, to do that, you have I, I to know. take board, You have to take on board the broadest, the uh, broadest range of of views and perspectives. Okay. That's All right. called science. So, anyways, we're running out of time and. <laughs> what about what about forty years? Um, I do want to mention uh, a couple of things before we do go off the air. And we're just about out of time. Uh, I want to thank Mary Lee uh, Chatterino for being on the show and to check out our websites uh, bostonintuitive.com and also Spirits of Charlestown uh, Ghost Project uh, as well and a whole list of events that she's doing are on both of those pages and check them out I mean it's an interesting uh, uh, page both of them are and I also want to mention that I have a kind of unique thing going on this weekend uh, down in Kingston uh, Massachusetts it's called the Paranormal Experience and basically I will be sharing you sharing with you, and this is Saturday, October 26th at 7.30, uh, some of my experiences as a paranormal investigator and showing you some of the 
evidence uh, that I have collected, if you want to call it evidence. Uh, maybe Steve doesn't, but whatever. Um, being very so that will be October, October 26th. Uh, come on down and check us out. So that's at the uh, Book Shack in uh, Kingston. So there you go. So anything you want to add? Absolutely nothing. You've covered it all. You're the busy one this week. Um, I'm off to see a rock band in concert in the next few days, and then I've got to get on with some book writing. There you go. There you go. I thought you didn't write books. Uh, interesting. <laughs> I don't. Mm. I ha- so I anyway, Steve, I uh, yet. there you go. So anyways, uh, I do want to follow up on the, the guy that with the dead machine there, uh, the projector, uh, whatever that was, yeah. stone yeah. tape. Uh, All right. Uh, I, I want to follow up on that. Yep. So we're, we're hopefully we're going to have something that, that uh, if you heard the earlier show, it was an interesting conversation. This guy actually has the frequency of dead people. So. Uh, that in itself is is uh, well worth the price of the ticket, which is nothing. So there you go. <laughs> um, time to wrap it up, I guess. I guess so. You've been working far and, too hard. Uh, and I week. also, you know, I also saw my good friend and uh, David Wells uh, was doing something. Have you heard anything about that? It's all a big secret. Nobody knows about Ghostlands. Ghostlands. So stay tuned for Ghostlands as David Wells makes a, a new appearance. So, from all of us here at Ghost Chronicles, which is me, myself, and I, uh, and good night and God bless. Good night, from go. Ron. Yeah, bye. <laughs> 40 years. From goalies to ghosties. Long-leggedy beasties and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.